0: what's going on everybody welcome back to the lifestyle medicine podcast we're out in nature recording this we're feeling good we're getting a little bit of sunlight and i hope you're enjoying your day wherever you are tuning into this and i thank you for tuning into this today's episode we have david nichols on a guy we met at the DPC Summit in Kansas City, and he's all about lifestyle medicine. He has He's part of a clinic in Boston, he's partnered with a physician, and he just released an article about lifestyle medicine. And some of the highlights include, effective lifestyle treatment can be delivered by a team of low-cost healthcare workers, thus making it more affordable for people to make lifestyle medicine their first step in a healthy journey lifestyle modification is effective at reducing metabolic syndrome severity scores and team-based lifestyle intervention may reduce the heart disease burden of diabetes and coronary heart disease so check out that article link below and if you have any other questions we'd love to hear your feedback and just get to know david i hope you guys enjoy this conversation with mike and david if you're new to the podcast thank you for tuning in we're here to help you support your patients through lifestyle behavior change. It's what we believe in. We've had so many people change their life from small, simple habits, and we want the same for you. So thank you for tuning in and enjoy.
1: Our healthcare system doesn't support lifestyle change as a method to heal, and that's why we started Terra to shift healthcare towards a preventative model by supporting healthcare professionals who want to implement behavior change into their practice, but may not have the resources to do so. We believe that lifestyle change should be everyone's first step to getting healthy. But most healthcare professionals don't have enough time to educate and keep their patients accountable on a daily basis. Tara has over 50 health coaches with various backgrounds and specialties to align with your patient's needs. Not only do we save you time and make you money, but truly improve your patient outcomes. It is easy for your patients to get started. Have them schedule a free breakthrough call with us to find the right coach and program. Their coach will take them through a lifestyle assessment, weekly coaching calls, and daily habit tracking. Schedule a time with us today to see how we can support your practice. How's it going? And welcome back to the Tara Podcast. Today we have David on. Really excited to chat with you, David. Um, met David at the DPC Summit in Oak- Oakland. Was it in Oakland?
2: No, we were in Kansas City.
1: Kansas City. Okay. And <laughs> I are you even know traveling. Thinking... You
2: are city jumping between. Yeah.
1: Yeah, we met in, in Kansas City um, at a DPC Summit, which was really awesome. It was a gathering of physicians in the direct-to-primary care space, looking for different innovative solutions to improve their patient outcomes and also run successful uh, clinics. And, uh, you know, between going to a dinner together and then sprinting from dinner to the spot where all the uh, physicians were hanging out, it was just a really awesome time getting to, to know you, David. And I'm excited to let people in on the conversations that we were having during this time.
2: No, that sounds great. I appreciated jogging through Kansas City. Like I think we got a better view than from the Uber. Um, I was maybe more short of breath than you were. I'm not sure if you recall whichever way. But um, And then we were catching up about surfing and all the other things we do outside of medicine, but a lot of what we shared vision for what we think medicine should be working towards, which I appreciated there.
1: Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, just to kind of start us off, one of the things that I really, really loved was you were reviewing some of the um, textbooks that you had, and showing that when someone has uh, a disease, any type of chronic disease, one of the primary interventions should be behavioral or lifestyle. Um, and it seems like this whole this whole programming has been overlooked. Um, so I'd love for for your opinion on it.
2: Yeah. So my background is a little bit of. Uh biased, I'll put it that way to start Was I went in, was working in behavioral health and exercises medicine and nutritional targets for health before I went to medical school, before I started that formal training. And so my background is in exercise physiology in an undergrad. And I was working with a cardiology group and then a exercise physiologist, Peter Cummings, doing lifestyle and behavioral interventions with patients high risk for cardiovascular disease and type two diabetes at that time. Uh, and similar in parallel with the cardiac rehab space. And my big goal with all of that was to always integrate more behavioral and lifestyle and exercise into primary care and medicine. And that's what one of my intentions going into medical school and medical training was to see where that thread fit together. And fortunately for me, I found a lot of places where that was true. Uh, In my formal training, it would come up in all of the guidelines or in, the like you said, the medical textbooks or otherwise, it would come up that this is the primary prevention for these chronic diseases. The best thing we know is behavioral and lifestyle. And then that would be all you hear about it. And so I remember just seeing all of those different things. And that's not what I was tested on. That's not what was being taught. We would then go to the next thing and be like, let's learn about the pharmacokinetics of the drugs that we use for this problem or let's learn about the surgical interventions and we just kind of blew right past it and I just remember tagging each of those things as we ran into the medical school going this will be useful for later this is something we can actually work on there's just no other formal pathway here right now and so as you brought up there was I think we were talking about that for um, diabetes and from the I think I was showing you the comprehensive type 2 diabetes management algorithm uh, which comes out of the American College of Endocrinology. And so their recommendation, their first-line therapy for metabolic syndrome, for prediabetes, for diabetes, is always going to be lifestyle and behavioral. And it's this big, bold, like, stop. Lifestyle and behavioral therapy, first line. And then you go to pharmaceuticals. And I just never saw that in medical school in my training that anyone stopped at that first line. Um, and so I we were talking about... gets the best I got trained was you tell the patient they should eat better and move more and it's important and then you move on and then start talking about metformin or then start talking about other medication and interventions. and so I just that didn't sit well with me given my background and um, given my work I had already done i had seen how powerful lifestyle and behavior really is and so if you can put that together in the medical setting I didn't think we were doing good justice of just blowing past that first one uh, I know that's what that's had piqued your interest, and we've been talking a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, definitely. I want to go a little bit more into your background. Um, where did you where did you go to school, and then where are you at now? And uh, yeah, what's your what's your kind of your next steps so that everyone has context?
2: Sure. Uh, so I did my undergrad at University of Buffalo uh, in exercise physiology and biomedical sciences. When I graduated, my goal job was to do exercise in medicine with high-risk patients. And so I was trying to find a job to basically do behavioral and lifestyle intervention for these patients where it's personal therapy. And I couldn't really find a job doing that, but I found a physiologist, actually uh, physiologist, Peter Cummings, who was working with a cardiology group doing just that. Um, so I got an internship with him, got a job going there and helped build this wellness program that was working with cardiology patients to prevent bounce back to the hospital Um, was getting really good results and tracking a lot of those outcomes uh, but wasn't seeing that expand or get the uh, traction in the community I was hoping it would see and decided to go back into medicine to do just that and be that provider really incorporate exercise and behavioral medicine into primary care and do those first-line therapies that I imagine should be being done I uh, then went to medical school at Stony Brook University in Long Island, which is another another SUNY school. So I'm a state SUNY uh, of New York product here. Uh, finished up there right at the turn of the pandemic. Worked a few months in the uh, New York City hospital system during early COVID. And then went to start residency in Pennsylvania. So I'm in my last year of film Medicine residency in Lehigh Valley. Uh, and then plan to go back up to Buffalo, New York, to work with a clinic site that I co-founded uh, with Peter Cummings, doing lifestyle interventions for our patients who are high
1: risk. Awesome. 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 Yeah. And how do you, how do you kind of see, is the, the clinic that you guys have running or you co-founded, is it operating right now and what's kind of the structure that you guys are using to walk these patients through a behavior change program?
2: Sure. So first question. So it's still running. Um, we co-founded it in 2016. Uh, so right before I started my formal medical training process and the patient population up there continues to be managed by a staff. Uh, we have a staff of somewhere between seven and nine at any given time, awesome. uh, staff of n- retired, uh, nurses out of the healthcare system, exercise physiologists and health coaches who work together to do a collaborative, uh, high intensity lifestyle behavioral program for patients. Our best kind of bread and butter stuff is uh, metabolic syndrome, prediabetes, type two diabetes. Uh, all the diseases managed or run by hyperinsulinemia. And so a lot of what we target with lifestyle is things that cause excessive insulin and giving the body a break in order to heal itself. Uh, That program is a cash-based model for patients. We've worked with insurance companies a few different times, um, but haven't gotten a lot of traction in that space. But it brings a lot of value for patients, both with reversal of their disease, uh, increasing their ability to live their lives the way they want, uh, and then also with reduction of medication co-pays and reduction of medical costs directly to the patients. So we have a staff up there that continues to work with those patients. I work remotely with that staff, more on the management side and the technology side, um, but want to come back up there and work specifically on the primary care side, doing the rest of the medicine aspect and having the tool set to practice. I don't know if I fully answered your question.
1: Yeah, definitely. It seems like you're having, you're having people come in on a cash pay basis and you have a healthcare team surrounding them from exercise to uh, accountability with health coaching, to the, the leader, which is the physician. And you're essentially giving their bodies what they need in order to heal. Um, like showing them the lifestyle that will give them the results that they need, which is awesome. Because the body has the such a strong ability to heal itself if you stop smashing it into the wall multiple times a day or you know, putting some food in your mouth that's not necessarily uh, promoting its health multiple times. Yeah, I know.
2: I'll, I'll certainly jump off of that point. I know that's something that you and I've discussed before, uh, towards what you talked about behavioral and lifestyle intervention as the first line therapy for disease. And really, I'll reverse that and say that I think behavioral and lifestyle intervention is the first line of pathology or the the actual disease itself and so giving patients the ability to have a break from the environment that's causing all this disease is more so what's healing than the than healing food or healing energy or anything else they can provide it's the body is healing itself it just needs a break and that's what a lot of what we do with patients initially and so you yes at the structure of what we do and the structure we do is we onboard a patient and ask them what their goals are and what are, what are their functional and health goals. And a lot of those are very within the realm of what their body can heal back to. And then it's a lot of just figuring out what are the things in their life right now that are most detrimental to against those goals that are making them sick and pulling those out first and working with them to replace that with something that's less detrimental or promotes healing. And going through that line by line with what they're eating, with their home environment, with the stress, with their exercise and movement, Um, and with their sleep and just working with them to make those changes. And it's a lot of small feedback loops and a lot of troubleshooting along the way um, and all the different things that come up. And that that goes under the principle, we just live in a really crummy environment when it comes to health. We live in a crummy food environment, we live in a crummy stress environment, we live in a crummy sleep environment, and we don't move well. And all those things in combination are causing more damage than our body is able to heal in any given day. And so I was getting a break from all of that allows the body to do what it does best, which is reset and heal. And that's better than any medicine I have to offer. It's better than any lot of other interventions I have to offer.
1: Yeah, that's, that's awesome. I mean, it's, it's the little things that make the biggest difference in the long run. So and you've seen love... that,
2: I'm sure, working with patients. is It's a lot of those little things of getting started, getting that momentum and finding those new habits that allow the body to heal itself.
1: Yeah, definitely. I've got like a whole uh, storyline playing out in my head about taking people through behavior change programs and like starting with even just starting with like a morning routine that aligns with your goals. Right. And then creating that that first habit of waking up in the morning and uh, whether it be reading the vision of who you want to become or making your bed or drinking water or, uh, you know, going downstairs to do a little bit of stretching or even just sitting in silence to clear your mind, just really preparing yourself for the rest of the day gives your body such an ability to combat what it is that it it's going to be confronting throughout the day. Like it gives it, like you said, a break, um, time to reset and create an ideal environment. So, yeah. And I know that we
2: were talking a little bit about those earlier is that um, this is not formal training you get in medicine, at least not in the medical training I received, which I think was relatively good clinical training. Um, I know you had asked about how much training and nutrition I'd gotten in medical school, and I I think it sums up to, and I'm trying not to shortchange it, I think it summed up to four hours um, total, and two of those hours we talked about. Uh, canning process and food delivery systems and like other toxins within BPA and things like that, which I'm not discounting at all, but I don't think are the driving problem of our uh, pathology or disease and nutrition. And nothing was spoken to about the benefits of nutrition for disease or healing. Um, Exercise prescription was not something covered a single time in medical school. Uh, Not something I learned there. And then Did get some training on well coaching, uh, some um, behavioral health with motivational interviewing, uh, but was not something that was stressed or really trained very extensively. More identified that this is a tool set that's there to go learn if you'd like to. So nothing formal that I think physicians are trained in to do. Uh, A lot of pharmacology training, a lot of training about the diseases, but not necessarily about the driving causes environmentally or nutritionally
1: yeah it's interesting like i love that you have this like unique background and you partner with a physician you're already working on a clinic can you talk to me about kind of the outcomes that you guys see at this clinic and how it would differ from somewhere that's a little bit more traditional without uh the rooting in lifestyle
2: yeah so that the big thing that we see is a lot of and I'll use this term loosely, reversal of disease. And that's a debated term of whether or not you can reverse diabetes or reverse these other diseases. That's a little bit definitional. Um, But I'll put it this way, the reversal of hyperglycemia, the reversal of hypertension, the reversal of cholesterol problems, and then also the weight loss that comes with that. And the biggest thing we're seeing a lot of is patients who are able to move and do the things they want to do in life. And that's what matters more than the numbers and the labs is what patients can do and the life that it's unlocking for them and the bridging the gap of who they imagine they want to be in the world and who they get to be in the world. Um, So what we're seeing a lot of is the correction of all those labs and patients getting healthier rather than sicker. And that is not something I get to see in the medicine clinic side without these behavioral health tools. I get to see patients get sicker over time. And if uh, something goes well, then I can either slow that down. Uh, more occasionally patients do hear that they're starting to get sick and they go look up things on their own and they make changes and they're motivated and they may not have that many things to change or they may find good information and they can get those things done. And I get to see one and once in a while that patient come back and tell me things are better, which is great, but I know it's not because of the things I was doing for them in the clinic setting. Whereas in the behavioral health side, I get to see these patients do extremely well. They're working with their health coaches. They're working with nutrition. Um, they're working with the exercise physiologists. They're telling me about how they've moved better than they ever have before, how their labs are getting better. I get to watch their weight come off. I get to hear about their stories of travel. I get to hear about their families and I get all these other interactions with them and I get to see them do better and better, not just as individuals, but also as a population. And so I've been tracking the data on this clinic site for the last eight years. And I just put out a paper with Peter Cummings. Um, it should be coming out in around December. I just got accepted for publication. Looking at all those outcomes in the metabolic syndrome space, the prediabetes space, and the diabetes space, and looking at our reversal rates of the diabetes markers, uh, and they're excellent. They're far, far better than the national average by many factors, more than 10 Um and they're really impressive. They're exciting numbers about treating hypertension without meds, treating diabetes without meds, and treating cholesterol without meds, which are the big pillars of what primary care is trying to treat and take care of on a day-to-day basis. And so getting to see those tools work, demonstrated, and get to see those outcomes, and then get to see the patients do better and the, what it means for their life, because at the end of the day, they're much more than a number on a paper. They're much more than their blood pressure number. They're much more than their cholesterol number. They're much more than their diabetes number but to see what it means when they can move well and feel better and do things in their community. And that's the most exciting part for me.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. I love it. And then what would you say, like, I mean, you mentioned that you work with a whole team, right? You have the exercise physiologist and you have your health coaches, like how much of it is dependent on that team? How important is it to have that team?
2: Oh, that team's huge. That team's doing all the work. What do you what say? Like you can come up with a plan with a patient, but the translation of that is that team. So we'll come up with a, we'll create a structure say, well, you need to do something different. We're seeing signs that your body is no longer adapting to the food environment, the stress environment, the sleep environment that we're in. We need to get you into a really high quality behavioral health team. I have training in exercise prescription. I have some training in nutrition. I have some training in well coaching that I've done on my own outside of medicine, but my time is really expensive when it comes to medicine um, because I've gone through too many years of school and this is something that it's expensive per hour to try to use my time this way. Whereas my staff is highly, highly trained to do this. They are the ones who are translating all of this and they're problem solving. So they're sitting down with patients and saying, have you ever cooked before? Have you ever grocery shopped before? Where do you like to eat? What are things that you have access to at work and at home? How can we create a food environment in your home and at work and where you go and when you travel that is gonna allow your body to heal? And what are the barriers gonna be towards that? They can teach somebody how to cook who's never cooked before. They can teach somebody to shop who's never shopped before. They can try new foods with people. They can try new recipes. They can figure out what to do when you go to a restaurant, what to do when it's somebody's birthday. These are all the little bumps that happen in life where medicine truly happens. When I'm seeing a patient in the clinic, I get to see them for 12, 15, 20 minutes if I'm lucky. We're gonna go over their big concerns. We're gonna give them kind of health items. We're gonna help with medication management, but all of the other aspects, all of that behavioral health is managed by the staff. And some of that adds up to about 40 to 50 hours of face-to-face time in the first three months. And that's just not time that I'm, I get access to and it's not time that they get with me, but it's time that's important and needs to happen. And that's what the staff is doing. And it's all these little things. It's all the little things of being able to respond when a patient texts a picture of food or tells you that they are going on vacation, they need to figure out what they're going to eat or tells you that when they do a certain exercise, their leg hurts, right? And these are all things that we need to work around and work with them on that could be big road bumps in their allowing their journey for health and their body to heal itself that I'm not the best expert to be asking, but the staff is. And so they're huge. They're doing all of the translational work. It's kind of like we can draw up a picture of a building, but they're the ones doing all of the building and putting it together.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, I hope that other physicians that are listening to this recognize the importance of uh, building a team around them and uh, having the various aspects of lifestyle medicine be supported by that team. Um, And, you know, the fact that we as Terra Health Coaches are here to... Support them as well. Like you know, there, there's the, always the option for an outsourced versus uh, building it on your own. I would love to hear a little bit about that. Like how how was the process of building out this team on yourself, and if you were to do it again, would you um, try to outsource it, or would you build it uh, kind of in house again?
2: So I guess it depends. The answer to a lot of things, it depends. Uh, putting together this team was excellent that was a lot of the work with Peter Cummings did a lot of the work to put together and to assemble this team um, and it was out of his vision of exercise as medicine and putting that integrating that into healthcare yep. and I came along parallel with that because I had a similar vision for what that should look like i fortunate enough to find him and have been working with him since uh, but that's where I've been fortunate to get to have worked with that team off the bat and imagine what that would look like with a physician who partnered I think there's a lot of situations where putting together that team takes a lot of work and coordinating that team takes a lot of effort. And if you can get highly skilled individuals who already have that skill set who are ready to go and partner with that, I think that is a perfectly excellent way to meet that need of first-line therapy, behavioral and lifestyle, a high intensity lifestyle program to help your patients in their community. I think it's great if it's in person. I think it's even still great if it's not in person. And I've both versions of that with my staff because both work and both are as long as you're meeting the patient in their community, in their home, that's where the healing's happening. Whether that's in person or digitally through technology, both of those work. It's not in the medical clinic, I think is my big, my big item to stress. And so either partners or physicians want to get started in that they don't need to become experts in exercise. You don't need to become experts in nutrition. You don't need to become experts in stress and sleep. But you need to be able to identify this is a chronic lifestyle disease that benefits from when the patients make changes and change their home environment and their stress environment, sleep environment, and we know that. And then make sure you stress to the patient, this is something super important we got to work on. These are the right people to help you. These are the people who are going to help you figure out what you can eat and what's not good for your body what you can do to move properly and move well and not injure yourself and what we can do about stress and sleep and make those small changes. These are the people who are going to help. These are the people I trust. These are the people who won't hurt you. And these are the people that we're going to work together as a team. That can be in-house. That can be somebody remote that you know and you trust that gets good results and that works with your patients. And being able to hand the patient off to someone like that is a big, big tool set that I think is key for primary care providers um, to be able to prevent disease and also be able to promote health. And so I don't think you have to build that team. I think you just need to look for those skilled individuals, just like in the same way that we rely on nurses and we rely on pharmacists and we rely on x-ray technicians, right? I don't do my own lab tests. I don't do my own x-rays. I order them, put them in the computer and they magically happen. And I think there's other aspects of healthcare that we're so used to that, but when it comes to counseling on nutrition or appropriate exercise prescription, um, appropriate work on movement and sleep and stress, I'm not qualified to do all that counseling and all of that coaching and all that follow-up. But there are people who are, and it's my job to find those and then hand them off to those pa- those patients to those people.
1: Amazing! Yeah, I love that. I'm I'm inspired. I want to go find a team. <laughs> I mean, yeah. so you
2: are the team. That's that's I the know. big thing, right? Like that's. That's the takeaway, at least I would like to make. There are exercise and nutrition professionals who are there to be ready to go. Providers have to find them and partner with them. And I think that's yeah. the big takeaway in the communities where people live.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, we have, so that's, that, that is exactly what we do and who we are. We have registered dietitians. We have exercise physiologists. We have people who specialize in menopause. We have people who specialize in various different backgrounds, and they all have different demographics so that... When you are thinking of pairing a patient with someone, it's really easy because there's over 50 different health coaches that they could potentially get partnered with. So the fact that there is such a wide depth and skill set really allows for a unique and special pairing with each and every patient. Um, And then you don't have to worry about the, the training process or the overhead. It's just a quick referral out and the service gets done. You get uh, results as well as uh, follow-up. So anytime you want to like actually connect with one of our health coaches as well, we're totally open to um, having the health coach communicate with the physicians that they work with.
2: Right. And I think that's the other big key is that health coaches are health professionals and they work within the healthcare system and they communicate with other healthcare professionals as well. And that's part of the team. And that's what I would like to see more of going forward is that that warm handoff and that communication and that partnership in patient care. And knowing that what I'm doing in the clinic is one small piece of that and where all the rest of the health and healing is is in the community. And physicians have many arms out into the community, and this is a big one. And so finding those people, like you said, like Terra Health, that's doing that type of work, the team that I put together is doing that type of work, and there's variations of that across the board. But looking for those and demanding those partners in health for those patients is key.
1: Yeah, super key, very key, amazing. Well, David, I am just really grateful we got to hop on the phone today, um, and I am excited to see where your journey leads you after your residency and into your uh, into your practice. I know you're going to help a lot of people, and uh, I also have some ideas. Maybe we can uh, ponder on those some days and see how we can work together to keep making this a more of a movement.
2: No, that's excellent. I definitely definitely think there's plenty of work to be done and, uh, and looking for more people who want to do that type of work. So excited to meet you in Kansas City, excited to see what you're working on. Uh, we promised we'd go surfing at some point and I'm going to be terrible anyway because I'm a very out of swim shape, but we can definitely discuss between, between breaks what's going on.
1: All right, brother. Well, I appreciate your time and uh, we'll talk soon.
2: All right. Very good. Thanks for having me on.
1: You can connect with us through the link in the description or at tarahealthcoaching.com by clicking get started. Reach out to us so we can strategize on how to implement lifestyle medicine into your world.